shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim, shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim, shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim, shine forth.
and I can just sit at home and be enjoying myself, and God will be enjoying me, and I'm enjoying God. But I know that I'll be unfruitful, I'll be barren and unfruitful in the knowledge of God. Why? Because you are not. The calling is not just for you to gain eternal life. It's for men to see your good works, to see your fruits, and give glory to your Father, which is in heaven. Amen. Now, how many of us uh, see me, and you know that Friday night I have a meeting I teach to late. I'm the first person to be here in the morning. I set everything up, and yet you come in 45 minutes, one hour late. Amen. And it's consistent. Leave it me. And you know, I, you know, I, you can tell that I'm not the kind of person to bring this up a lot, but it affects the whole flow of the meeting. Amen. And as long as it affects the whole flow of the meeting, it, everything just is a, is a cycle. Everything you won't be as blessed. First of all, as you also have been blessed this morning, uh, God, God will show us mercy. First, heaven will be looking and wondering, are these people really ready for what this blessing? We don't know what we are handling. Maybe we don't know what we are handling. We are handling God's life, His own life. Not, not food, not drink, not bread, not car. Amen. If, when, if you know what you are handling, the excitement by which you are handling it will be different. And the, the Bible will say, James will say, show me your faith and I will show you my faith by what I do. So if over years there is no fruit, there is no action, there is no... There's no thought process of what can I do for this work? This is my life. What can I add to this? It means that that is an unfruitfulness. Praise the name of God. Uh, that is, and I'm not just talking about one day. If you're honest with, if you're honest with yourself, if we're honest together, we know that for a, for a long time, amen, a lot of us are not bearing fruit. Amen. We are not bearing fruit. Uh, not many times has someone come and Pastor James, I see, I well, what can I do? Amen. And I don't ask, because that's my nature, I don't like to make this stuff, but I know that, I know in the spirit you cannot make the next steps without this understanding. You just can't. Because if you read down then they talked about the abundant entrance into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord. It's them who are bearing from. I remember many years ago in 2015, uh, just before the Believers Convention in 2015, I, I was less wrestling in my spirit. I was, I was, it was me, between me and God. I was like, God, ah, man, this thing that you put on my head, the, the financial demands and everything, that what is this? So I was almost like, almost wanting to be unfruitful. You get me and start saying that, you know, let's just tax everyone to bring money and let's do it together. And the Lord took me to 1 Timothy chapter 6. When he was telling me, he now said to me, charge them that are rich, you can read it, that he was pretty much saying that by my investment in eternal life, I can gain eternal life. Amen. I'm just summarizing like that. But you can read it yourself. It was the end of 1 Timothy chapter 6. After that revelation, I never complained. I never once even asked anybody for anything. Why? Because I realized that that was a fruit-bearing for me. And I can tell you this, the, the truth. I, will not, I lie you not. Since that, that, that day, amen, since that day, 
the blessings of God revelation wise in my life I don't know why he has blessed me this much I'm sure you can attest to that all the blessings I, I can I can almost mark all the flow of revelations of light to that day that agreement that I agreed with God that I will take this burden upon myself and I will take I will do it forever as long as I have the capacity to do it amen and ever since that day, fruitfulness, revelations, blessings, teachings, God has been opening, began to break forth everything to me. And so I know that if a man doesn't bear fruit in righteousness, if you are not doing something, amen, if you are not doing something, you are limiting yourself, it's not me you are doing. You, are, you see, every day I'm excited to do it, but I can come here and I do it, I'm excited because I know what I'm gaining. You see? I, I see my life, both spiritually in my soul, in my body, I see what God is doing. It's a, it's a result, it's a direct result of being fruitful. Amen. Being fruitful in knowing what God's needs are and meeting God's needs. Amen. God has needs, you know. Not that he needs anything, but he has needs because he has what he expects from man. Amen. Remember the Bible says in Micah 6 verse 8, it says, Oh man, what God demands of you that you what? Huh? Help me. Walk humbly with your God. Do justice, show mercy, and walk humbly with your God. Amen. In Hosea 6 verse 6, it says, For I desire mercy and not sacrifice, and the knowledge of God more than God's offerings. Those are sacrifices, those are things that God needs. God wants you to know Him. To obey is better than sacrifice and to hack on the fat of rams. God wants you to obey him. God wants you to walk with him. Those are God's needs, if you want to put it that way. Amen. And I, as I began to learn in knowledge, learn all these things about eternal life, life, righteousness, I was looking at the old thing and I was like, wow. So this is what God wants from me. God wants me to know him. And God wants me to obey him. And God wants me to follow him. I was like, you know what, God, I will do it. And I have not regretted once this the direction and the steps I have taken. Amen. In knowing God and in obeying God. I see it shine in my life. Praise the name of the Lord. So, I don't like doing this, but I know I have to do it for you to make progress. Amen. You ought to by now begin to assess, what can I do? this place, in this platform of life that God has established here, that you know that God has brought other your feet to this place, you ought to begin to see, how can I bear fruit in this land? Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Let's read on in 2 Peter chapter 1, you will see. Verse 8 says, For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that ye shall neither be bearing, nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But he that lacketh these things is blind, and cannot see afar, and hath forgotten that he was purged from his own sins. Wherefore the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. What does that mean, make your calling and election sure? This is your calling and this is your election. Why? How do I know? For I desire mercy and not sacrifice, and the knowledge of God. So God is saying, what I desire from you is knowledge. What I desire from you is obedience. So what is your calling? To know God and to obey Him. Amen? 
that make your calling an election sure. If you make your calling an election sure, he says, for if you do these things, what will happen to you? You shall never fall. You shall never what? Fall. Then, after that, semicolon, for so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly. It means there is no entrance into the kingdom without fruit bearing. If you want to enter everlasting kingdom, you must bear fruit. They must begin to see. And it must be it's an action. It's, this is not that uh, we are trusting and believing. <laughs> they get me. They will begin to see. Men will begin to see your fruits. Your fruit shall be seen. Your commitment shall be seen. It's a love. It's a love commitment that they shall be it shall be seen. Your father will be bearing record of it. That this one, you know, you just show me your faith and I'll show you my faith by what I do. It means the end of the faith, the result of the faith is that they are actions. If you really believe these words that you've been hearing all these years, what are you doing about it? Amen. What are your commitments have you made? What have you seen as a need? Am I putting towards it? That is what God will see. For some of us, that's what God is waiting for. For entrance. And so we can be like the people of Israel in the wilderness and walk around the promised land for 40 years. Why did they not enter? They were barren. They had to go and do the action of going to fight the giants in the promised land. They had to bear the fruits. They had to face their giants. They had to bear the fruits. If you want entrance into the everlasting kingdom, you will need to follow this process. And the last thing they will need to see is that charity operation. Amen. Where you begin to love one another fervently. I know I've not loved some of you as much as I, sh- I can. And some of you have not loved me as much as you can. And it will take loving one another fervently for entrance. Amen. Are we blessed in the house today? Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. I welcome everyone again and those online. You're welcome. God bless you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's open our Bibles now to 1 Peter chapter 1. Amen. 1 Peter chapter 1 from verse 21 says, Who by him do believe in God? That raised him up from the dead and gave him glory, that your faith and hope might be in God. Verse 22 says, Seeing ye have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit unto, unto unfeigned love of the brethren. So the fruits of the obedience so that you have been hearing the truth and obeying the truth is that they will begin to see love of the brethren. Amen. Uh, uh, I'll just add though that I, I mean, I know that there are circumstances that arise in life that cause
limits or maybe your demands of life that limit your ability to do what you ought to do. I recognize that. Uh, but what I'm saying, I'm speaking of is stuff that I viewed over years. Amen. And if we are honest and stretch our heart properly, you will know that what I'm saying is true. I'm assessing it from over the years. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. So, the result of obeying the truth through the Spirit is what? Is unfeigned love of the brethren. So, it means of the reason for all the gist. Christ is this, Christ is that. Let's open our Bibles to Genesis. Let's go and read about Balaam. Let's go and read about Jesus. All the reason for all that talk of truth of the scriptures is for what? It's for you to come to a knowledge place where you know that this is my home. This is my life. The brethren is my, is my, these are my, these are my people. Amen. We are going to enter the kingdom together. The Bible calls it the feast of charity. Amen. And before charity, hear me. Charity is like the is like the veil to enter the kingdom. Charity they will train you the kingdom life outside the kingdom first to see if you are fit to live that life in the kingdom. Because once you enter the kingdom, it's finished. This everlasting kingdom we're talking about. It means once you enter the kingdom, you have everlasting life. It's finished. If you turn at that point, there's nothing. Once you enter the kingdom and you turn, there's really the, that one Hebrew will say there's nothing else that God can do for you. So out of love, God will lead you to practice charity outside the kingdom. Correct? <laughs> Amen. Because there's still outside, you can still be corrected. You think there's still stuff that they can do for you. It means there's still stuff you need to learn. That they will still practice in charity. Amen. For you to gain entrance into, a, into the kingdom. Now, if somebody is online and asking, ah, what, what is this people saying again about we have not entered the kingdom all this while? Yes. Amen. The Bible says in John chapter 3, Jesus himself was speaking to Nicodemus about entering the kingdom. Amen. Can we go there and see? For those who, before, so we can bring everybody along. John chapter 3. John chapter 3 from verse 3. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So it's very clear. Who is speaking here? God is speaking. God is interpreting kingdom here. He says, Very, very, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And it's not even everybody who is born again who sees. You will first be born again. Then you now come to church. They will now start teaching you about the principles because the kingdom are principles. They will now start teaching you about the principles of another life called the faith life. It's then you can now begin to see. But the prerequisite, the basic qualification for you to begin to see is that you are born again. Because when you are born again, the next thing they have expected of you is to basically go to a local church. And what do they preach there? They start preaching about this Jesus. Faith in Jesus. Elementary principles of who Jesus is. 
Those are the things that will help you to begin to see the kingdom. That is another life I can live that is not just based on what I see. I don't know if I'm communicating. That is another life that I can live that is not just based on what I see, what I thought, what my carnal senses can apprehend. Amen. So it means that seeing the kingdom is the faith they teach you. Because the kingdom of God is not of meat and drink, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in who? In the Holy Ghost, meaning in the spirits. It means if you are carnal, you can't see kingdom. If all your senses, even though you are born again, but you don't have ability to trust God for anything, you are still not seeing the kingdom yet. You must use faith to see the kingdom. Meaning you must use the eyes that see the unseen to see the kingdom. Because faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things what? Not seen. And the kingdom is not seen. The kingdom is not seen. So the exercise of faith, that you, the learning of faith, who faith towards God, where you begin to exercise as you get born again, is what enables you to begin to see in the spirit. See that there is a life. Amen. There is a dominion beyond this present earth. There is a dominion beyond the carnal, tangible things that we see. And that dominion is not seen. So it means that with faith, you can begin to see the kingdom of God. Praise the name of the Lord. It means that with faith, you can begin to what? See the kingdom of God. Verse 4, Nicodemus said unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Verse 5, Jesus answered, Very verily I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Not just water only. Remember, I told you there are two sacrifices that God desires. What's the first one? Knowledge of God, for I desire mercy and not sacrifice, Hosea 6 6. But, but what? The knowledge of God, more than burnt offerings. That is water. Water, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 26, says, By the washing of water by the word. He washes his church by the word, which he calls water. So the first, the first instrument of entrance amen is what is Christ who is the knowledge of God but Christ alone is not what we use to enter you also need spirit that spirit there is obedience and that's the fruit I'm talking about amen so we can learn all the knowledge and you'll be you know how the Bible say, what to them who are ease in Zion? Do you know the problem with some people? Amen. They have all the knowledge, but they are not being fruitful with it. So they camp in Zion and they rest there. They, they build their abode there. Amen. But God did not just Christ is the way. <laughs> Amen. He did not call us to learn him only. The reason for the learning him is so that we can bear fruit. We can obey for entrance into the everlasting kingdom. This is where you learn the fear of God. Somebody help me open to Job chapter 28, verse 28. 
Job chapter 28, verse 28. And unto the man he said, Behold, the fear of the Lord that is wisdom, hmm. and to depart from evil is understanding. They did not say, you know, Proverbs put it this way, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. No, Job said it this way. The fear of God, that is wisdom. That, that is wisdom. Is that what they say there? That is wisdom. Do you know why that is wisdom? Do you know who, who do they call the only wise God? Why do they add only to the wise? It means he's the only one that's wise. Everybody else, in comparison to him, is foolish. The wisdom of this world is foolish, it's rubbish. God is the only wise God. So you can't you can't actually have wisdom. All the best you can do is obey him who is only wise. That is wisdom. The best you can do is do what? Obey the one that is only, only, hear the word, only wise. By obeying him, you are also learning what is only wise. Mm. For example, if I tell you to do something, it's out of the abundance of my heart. So, the only wise God, when he gives you commandment, where is the commandment coming from? Out of the abundance of his only wisdom. So, what are you learning when he's giving you commandment? We don't know that you are being blessed when commandment is coming to you. What, when, the way I see commandment, if God is giving me instruction and giving me commandment, I, you know I'm seeing it, I'm seeing, I am picking, I am learning the only wise God. I am learning the only wise God because the, the commandment came from wisdom. So when I obey it, I am now seeing the results of what wisdom does. The fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. No matter how we have wisdom, we are not wise if you don't obey God. No matter how intelligent you are, how you develop the wisdoms of maybe this world, whatever wisdom, wherever it came from, do you get me? And you are not submitting to instruction. You are not submitting to obedience of the Spirit. You are still a fool in God's eyes. But to men, wow, Pastor James, you are too wise. Hey, <laughs> wisdom operation. But to God, see this fool. I gave it, I told him to do something yesterday, not to it. <laughs> Why? Because God is only wise. Amen. So the last attributes. So let it blessing. I don't know. I hope we are blessed. The last attributes God is looking for for you to enter kingdom. And I have it's good of saying this. Amen. Is that your obedience? Otherwise, you'll be Joining in knowledge circles for 40 years and 40 <laughs> Amen. And you will not be able to enter. And you wonder why am I not? Why is it a drag? Why am I not able to gain the entrance? It's because it's not just the knowledge of God he desires. What else does he desire? Obedience. Praise the name of the Lord. So you can see it's there. 
and it's all about the scripture. It says, except a man be born of what? Water and of the spirit, he cannot what? Enter. So nobody is swearing for anybody. God said it. If you, if you have not learned what, if you have not learned Christ, and you have not learned how to be led by the spirit, or, let me, let me make it easy. If the words that you are hearing has not been able to instruct you to be fruitful, amen, on what to do, you cannot enter. Now, Jesus won't confound it. You know, they are talking about worshippers. They say we should go and worship in Jerusalem, or we should go and do this, or go and do that. And Jesus answered the Samaritan woman, saying that, no, a time is coming, and now is. Saying, from because I am here now. And now is. Where the Father is no longer seeking people to go to places. What is he seeking? Them that worship him in what? Spirit and truth. That's, what is truth? Word. What is word? Water. I don't know if I'm communicating. So them that worship him in water and spirit. Because to enter kingdom, you must be a worshiper. Really. To enter kingdom, you must be a worshiper. And the worshippers he's looking for, by the time you are entering his dominion, the worshippers is looking for, are, are you done Christ? Have you done Christ? And are you submitting to God? Praise the name of the Lord. You see, um, in 2019, uh, you know, in 2019, uh, during convention prayer meetings, we were praying for convention. Um, you know, uh, by, you know, sometimes it's something that you can be at ease. By then, I was getting to a place of it. I said, okay, this is what we do now. Convention is our program, and then the little like meetings are feeling okay. We are, but you know, we are the, the platform of the work is coming together. And the Lord now commanded me to have our worship night. We signed in 2019. And I noticed this one again. Well, the commandment why we were praying for the last convention. And why do I have to do something? Why do I have to do another thing? I'll get up to pray again after the next one. Ready to try. And we have a choice again. But it was a commandment. It's now, it's, it's now, I'm not seeing the reason for the commandment. It's sometimes after you obey that they will now show you the why. It was a commandment. And we started it. And we are doing it. But there's a reason why. Amen. But based on how I was feeling then, I was feeling like we're okay, we don't need that. So I could have been unfruitful and be like, no, it's okay, we don't need that. Let's just keep knowing and learning and learning. What you have to do, you have to do some obedience. For what? For entrance into this kingdom. I, I don't know, what I'm, I'm preaching, I'm teaching you, I don't know, don't be angry with me. I'm teaching you out of love. I don't want us to get stuck. I want us to gain entrance. Now, can we see it from this perspective that the last thing God demands is that obedience? It means after obedience, there's nothing else is asking from you anymore. Do you hear me? It means after your obedience, there's what? There's nothing else is asking from you anymore. 
And if you check it well, most times there's the there's, there's let, let me let me differentiate the dimensions of obedience. Amen. Hear me. There's obedience to what you are hearing. I call those ones instructions. Amen. Amen. There's what? Obedience to what you are hearing. I call them instructions in righteousness. And there's also, after you have done righteousness well and been instructed well in righteousness, there's now that one called obedience, meaning a command. That one is linked to your portion in the everlasting kingdom. For Jesus, it was to go and die on the cross. For what? For mankind. Because what is his portion in the everlasting kingdom? He's the king of the kingdom. So go and die for the people that you are going to be king over. Jesus was like, for in my father's house there are many mansions. If we were not so, I would not have told you. Everybody has a, your portion in the kingdom. You have your portion. And the, it, as long as you don't agree to do it, to obey that portion, you won't enter. Because if you are entering, you must do the portion. So all of us here, we have a role to play in the kingdom work. Or the eternal life work. And if you are not playing your role, they won't grant the entrance. Praise the name of the Lord. I'm not saying you should not go and just find anything. Go and set your heart properly. Uh -huh. It may take one year for you to find it out. It's okay. It may even take two years. For some of us, we will drag a lot. <laughs> Do you get me? It will take four years. <laughs> and some of us that like to fight spirit Holy Ghost. <laughs> you do it, the better it is for you. The faster you do it, the what? The better it is for you. You enter immediately. Amen. Now, I want to share a bit more. Why, why your portion? I, I remember, I don't know if anyone remembers the season one or two years ago where this tongue was coming a lot. Cast a pastor. Cast a pastor. Cast your portion. Take your portion. Take your lot. Take your lot. Take your portion. Am I communicating? Meaning, you have, everyone has a what? Has a portion in the book of life. Now, let me just do what. What if Jesus was writing to a church? Let's go there and see what he wrote to the church. One church to the Revelation chapter 3. Verse 3 from verse chapter 1, verse 1, chapter 3, verse 1, sorry. And unto the angel of the church in Sardis writes, This thing saith he that hath the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know thy works, that thou hast a name that thou livest. In it, to everybody you are hot, you know God, you are, everything is fine. Thou hast a name that thou livest. It says, and I know thy works, that thou hast a name that thou livest, and art dead. 
Be watchful and strengthen the things that which remain, that are ready to die, for I have not found thy works perfect before God. Remember therefore how thou hast received and heard, and hold fast and repent. If therefore thou shalt not watch, I will come on thee as a thief, and thou shalt not know what hour will come upon thee. Thou hast a few names, even in Sardis, which have not defiled their garments, for they shall walk with me in white. White there is peace. Because, I don't know if we have the time, I'll go into it. But in Revelation 19, they're talking about the righteousness of the saints that the bride clothed herself with. They called it the, the linen, clean and white. Clean is righteousness, white is peace. So Melchizedek, both king of peace, king of righteousness, and king of peace. It means when you have finished righteousness and came to come to the last obedience, you have made peace. That's the white. Does everyone get that? Peace. Peace is when you have, to make peace with me is that you have done what I wanted you to do. But before you can make peace, you first know me well. You now know what I desire, what I like, and what I want. Then the final peace. Do you get me? Before, what is, what is, the, what is, the, what is the opposite of peace? Enmity. Warfare. What is the warfare? We all have the warfare. Instruction will come to you. You will war with it. Do you get me? Instruction will come to you. You will war with it. You say why. You ask why. You will question it. You say why this? Why that? And then because of the warfare, you say you won't do it. <laughs> Amen. So it means you have not made peace. To make peace is to do it. Not so. The Bible says that for the carnal mind is what enmity with God. The Bible also says that he will keep you in perfect peace whose minds are stayed on him. In this agreement between us and God, somebody has to win and somebody has to lose. Please win me. Let me be the one to lose. Jesus had this same warfare. That is white. His white warfare was at the Garden of Gethsemane. Not my will. That was, you see, the enemy was still a little, the last enemy. He conquered it in the Garden of Gethsemane. Not my will, but your will. It's a warfare, it's a tug of war. And Jesus' will was even a righteous one. He wanted to be a king of the Jews, take, take the place of his father David. But God's will for him was that no, David is not your father. You are the Lord of David. You are not the son of David, you are rather you are the God of David. Which one is better? But what Jesus was struggling with at Gethsemane, if Jesus did not go to the cross, what would have been the alternative? Become king of the Jews, meaning take over from his father David. But thank God he obeyed. Rather than being king of the Jews, now he's now the God of the whole earth. Which one is better? God promotes you when you obey. But you won't see it in initially. You'll be saying, ah, if this king of the Jews is sweet, though. In fact, it is okay. If I can just king the Jews, I don't need to be their God. God the Father will be sending instructions, I'll just be kicking them. But he has, he has settled for less. Moses, ah, no, I said, David, are you David? No, just say, I'm not David. How can I be David? It is David saying, Lord, my Lord said to my Lord. In the book of Revelation chapter 22, he confirms it. He says that I am the root. I am the root and the offspring of David. I God David. 
not obey, he would have been rather David would have gone. He would have been the son of David after the flesh because God's ruling team will not be with him again. Okay, let me put it to you this way. Imagine I am God. And I give you an instruction and you don't do it. And I give you five years, you have not done it. After a while, when we are just, what will we just about? Again. There's nothing else to talk about. <laughs> Again, we have a gist and the gist always end up in the instruction. Year one, you don't do it yet. So after a while, the, the communication will be dry because really this everything I wanted to do, the only thing I wanted to communicate to get you ready for instruction, I already communicated it. And I'm still communicating it, but you are still not bearing the fruit of the instruction. So imagine Jesus did not go to the cross. It would have injured his relationship with God. Even though if they did poll in Israel, they get me. Did you make did Jesus make the right choice? Help the people of Israel and go to the cross and die for who, 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 who knows who. <laughs> Everybody, you will see the poll. 99% of Israel say, Jesus, you are our God. In fact, God should, ah, God, God should calm down. Ah, familiar. <laughs> calm down, you want to ah, Look at this young man, he's trying to help his people. Help him. <laughs> Amen. So, the commandments of God. The way this world is structured makes it seem impossible to you that God is too out there. No, he's not out there. He wants to bless you. He wants to give you a portion and inheritance among the beloved in the kingdom of his dear son. He wants to bless you. So, you know, when they talk about the... Now, you see, this this I was reading, the last thing was that if they did not obey and become wise, what was going to happen to them? Verse 5. He that overcometh the same shall be clothed in white raiment, and I will not blot out his name. Out of what? I will not blot out his name. Out of what? Out of the book of life. Why do they call it the book of life? It means it's the book of the instruction of the living. Amen. Hear me, somebody. Every book, if it was not a book, they would have called it the register of the attendance sheet of life. It's not just an attendance sheet. Where like number one, Jesus Christ. Number two, <laughs> no, it's a book, meaning with a story. Meaning they and that's why and that's why you have to obey. It's a story of the, what Yebia will be doing. It is inside the book. That will be called an eternal life. What he will be doing is inside the book that will be called an eternal life. Think about it like the Bible. If Esther did not do what she was doing, would Esther be the Bible? They will plot out her name and somebody else will come and take that position. You'll be hearing of maybe a desire. <laughs> or somebody else. So they won't just mark register and say, Esther 1, Esther. Full stop. Habakkuk 1, Habakkuk. Full stop. No, Habakkuk did something. He lived. He obeyed God. He was doing something and that's why they put him in the book.
Deborah did something. That's why they, Judah did something. That's why they put him in the book. In fact, do you know what Judah did? In fact, what the one they now finally put in the book concerning Judah, talking about Judah in Genesis, was not very, very good. But they had to put him in the book. Do you know what he did? Judah was the one who saved Joseph. He was, you gotta read it. He was the one who saved Joseph. And he got to use wisdom. Because first of all, he was not the first one son. And Reuben was in on the trade. <laughs> They were all ready to finish just and get them in. Judah said, Hi, wisdom. He said, Why don't you know, leave him here? He said, Why don't we sell him to these people that are passing? No more, he will still die. That was wisdom. No more, he will still die. But, but let's sell him instead. Because of that, Lion came from Judah. <laughs> mercy. Judah showed Joseph mercy. And from that, the lineage of mercy, the sure mercy of David. Came from Judah. And over what they put in the book concerning him was also a merciful operation. Because what he did was, <laughs> he had to be a merciful operation. He did not only make Genesis, that Judah operation made Matthew chapter 1 in the genealogy of Jesus. So it means that that book of life, if they say your name is in the book of life, it's not an attendance sheet. They saw a story of life written about you that is called your portion. So if you don't want to agree to do it, what? There's nothing. You have typed up. What do you want him to do? You have already finished writing the book. <laughs> it's the book of life. It means everyone's name who is in that book doing playing a role like an orchestra in the body, playing their role in that body. Look at, for example, church the ushers. Is everybody playing a role in the body? What happens? You have formed. Your, that's your life, that's your portion, that's your place. And if you stand in your place, that is your eternal life. So eternal life is not that you enter the kingdom and you just say, okay, I'll enter, and let me sleep. No. If you read the book of Revelation properly, I don't have time to go into it. There were a company called 144,000. That had the father's name. They were, do you know who they were? They were the shield of the city. They were the war of the city. They were the what? They were the wall of the city. Let me, let me just prove that to you very quickly. Let's see Revelation chapter 14. They talked about them just very quickly, one or two scriptures. And I will see Revelation chapter 21 as well. Revelation chapter 14. I'll read verse 1 and 2. Does anyone have any questions? Amen. Verse 1 and 2. It says, And I looked, and lo, a lamb stood on the Mount Zion, and with him an hundred and forty and four thousand, having his father's name. What? Having his father's name written where? In their forehead. Having what? His father's name. We have to compare scripture and scripture for me to show this. Having his father's name written their forehead. Now let's see Revelation chapter 4. Revelation chapter 4, verse 2 and 3. Verse 2 and 3, he says, And immediately I was in the spirit, and behold, a throne was set in heaven. And we know who sits on that throne, the father. 
and one sat on the throne. And he that sat was to look upon like what? Like a jasper. So when you see him who sits on the throne, his first color is jasper. But he has another secret color inside. Which is Satan, which you don't see. The one you see is the jasper. But inside, he is Satan. Amen? So we call him God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In mercy, judgment. But let me not go too much into that. So jasper is what you see. The one who sits on the throne. He looks like a jasper stone. And it's Saddam. That Saddam is actually the deeper red color inside the Okay? So now we have one four four thousand souls who they gave whose name? Their father's name. And we know the father's color is like a jasper. Now let's see Revelation chapter 21. Verse 17 and 18. Verse 17 and 18. And he that measured the wall, remember I said the wall, the, the shield, the wall. He that measured the wall there, a hundred and forty-four cubits, according to the measure of a man, that is of the angel. Verse 18. And the building of the wall of it was what? Was of jasper. It means they had the father's color. That one for four thousand men at the city, that's what I'm trying to say to you. The city is not a place, it's not a plan. It's men who are the city. The one for four thousand, they formed the wall of the city, having the father's name on their forehead. When they are just by the spirit. Is that not wrong? So if one, if you are coming to God and they say, I want to give you the father, that's the, the that's your portion. I said, no, I don't want that one. I just want to be in Christ. <laughs> they get it. What will happen? They will have to go and find somebody else who is ready to come to the fullness of Jasper. Jasper just means perfect life. What did I say Jasper means? Perfect life. I can show you it's also here. It's, it's, it's in the Bible. Or most precious. Jasper is precious cornerstones. Verse 11 of uh, uh, Revelation 21. Talking about the city. Verse 11. Having the glory of God, her light was like unto a stone. What? Most precious. What's the most precious stone? Even like a jasper stone. So the realm of the Father is the realm of perfection. We call it perfect judgment. Now, so I will say righteousness unto judgment. Righteousness unto judgment. We, we read Isaiah 28. We are now recalling what some of you have studied in the past few weeks. It says that righteousness shall sweep away the refuge of lies. Then judgment is what deals with the, uh, the other one, the falsehood. Let me know rest thing. Let's read it. Isaiah 28. Let's go and read it. All I'm saying is this. I'm trying to show you that it will take obedience to enter the kingdom. Why? Because 
In that is the kingdom of eternal life. And eternal life means that there is a, a will. The Bible says, For whosoever doeth the will of God does what? Abideth forevermore. There is a will attached to it. Meaning there is something, there is a place you have in that glorious city. You can be the wall, you can be in the city as gold. There are different positions to be in the city. For anyone who is part and parcel of that city has eternal life, everlasting life. So if you don't want to be what they've written concerning you in the book of life, then it means you don't want to be in that city. If you read the book of Revelation properly, chapter 20, 21, towards the end, they connected the secret to the book of life. Are you getting my truth? That to enter eternal life is to do the will of God. But yes, God knows that you can't even do that one until you have known Him well. And you have trusted Him well. For example, now, today, me explaining to you this concept is, I am hoping, <laughs> I am hoping in my heart that He will encourage you to obey God. That's what, that's what I'm trying to do. He will encourage you to want to bear fruit. Make you see that for you to gain entrance, you must agree to play your role. David was willing to be a, one of those war gate man. What did David say? If I can be a doorkeeper in the house of my God, to me it's okay. People will be looking at him, are you mad? You are a king. David will say, no, that's not that's okay. This king should be nothing. <laughs> I've seen another kingdom that if I can just be a doorkeeper in that one. Forget this thing I'm doing here. I'll be okay. Praise the name of the Lord. Let's see. As I have I'm going to come down. I'm going to come down. Amen. From verse 16. He says, Therefore, thus said the Lord God, Behold, I lay in Zion for a foundation a stone, a tried stone, a precious corner stone. That's where you now begin and kingdom talk. A sure foundation. He that believeth shall not make haste. Judgment also will I lay to the land. Why judgment to the land? That's like an architect, that's perfection. Engineers who want to be perfect, you use line, you have to measure things. Judgment is the realm of perfection. Perfect judgment. Judgment, I call it having sense. <laughs> That's what I call it. Judgment, in judgment, you will gain sense. You will gain sense in judgment. Judgment will I lay to the light and righteousness to the plummet. And the hail shall sweep away the refuge of life. And the, and the water shall overflow the hiding place. So the hail is judgment. And the waters is righteousness. We know. But the waters is the world. Righteousness. Gospel of Christ. Righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. The waters are the many waters you'll be hearing. The many knowledges you'll be hearing. In judgment, you now learn how to put the water in its place. And use it for obedience. Oh my. You know how to lay it together, lay the words together, and what's the purpose of all these things I know? What's the purpose of all these things that I am hearing? I don't know if God 
always resource will not be teaching me year in, year out, week in, week out, and I'm not bearing any fruits. I'm not doing anything. What am I supposed to use all of this knowledge for? For a man of knowledge excels in strength. It's in judgment you put the knowledge together and figure out what it should bear. It's in judgment it becomes a double-edged sword. Sharp. Remember we started in Peter. After he says, obeying, obeying the truth not to offend love of the brethren, also thy love one another fervently, then he now says that being born again, not only corruptible, but like incorruptible seed of the word of God, which was liveth and abided forever. One is righteousness, one is for living. So as you are hearing righteousness, is abiding in your heart. A time will come where you will now put all the righteousness together and sharpen the response. What should I be doing? What is my portion in this? What's the thing that I should be doing with it to live? That's judgment. Jenny, you have a question? Sorry, I can't hear you very much. Can you come for maybe use the mic? Okay, better, better. Yes. Okay, this is just what you become and what you do for the kingdom. Or what you do, what you are doing of his both. What is what you become is what you have become as an abider. You get it. You become facts with word. So you abide. But that all that word should turn out a, 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 an obedience or a fruit. You get it. A stand, a place in God. You hear me? So it's both. So, and it's you first become actually. Amen? Well, as you are becoming, I don't know if that helps. As you are becoming, there's still something. There's a, there's a stand, there's a place you have in the kingdom. Amen? And that place you have in the kingdom, I don't know if you call it what you would do, per se, but it's actually a doing. For example, now, if you have become, if you come into the Father's life, you have become something, it means you have something, you have substance. But then, what you are now doing is that you are standing as a wall. Is that not doing something? Right? You are standing as a wall. Your place is that you are standing as a wall so that no, nothing, not the uncircumcised, nothing evil, nothing that is not permitted will enter that city. Are you seeing that? So you are standing in your place, means you are doing something. But by the time you are doing it, by the time you've done it enough, it won't feel like you are doing anything because it's who you are. I don't know if I'm communicating. Amen? It, it, you have become it. It's who you are. And so, when you've come to the realm of judgment, let me use another scripture to help this. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 5. Let me use another scripture to help. And Jenny, you let me know if I'm answering your question well, or maybe you have another thought in mind. Let's see Hebrews chapter 5. 
Amen. And many of us in this in our seasons right now, some of us are stoned. Some of us are in tri tri stones. I know. So when you are facing some trials, you know you are being a tri stone. I can assure you, we come out of it. But how are you going to come out of it? I remember I listened to one message a, a few months ago that man blessed me so much. He really painted the image of all this my journey all these years. Pastor Maker in the School of the Spirit. He was teaching about two things can happen when you are being tempted by evil spirit to come out to start come out of where you stand. So for example, if God has given you instruction and revelation, you are standing in your place. Amen. In, you know, in different dimensions, even as you are walking in Christ, there are different stands in your knowledge. In that dimension, it's just the knowledge. Hold what you are knowing. So, you are saying that to this man, well, when Satan says trials, you know, every trial has an expiry date. There is no trial. There is no body that's ever gone through a trial that was for forever. There is no body. Both unbelieving and unbelievers. <laughs> no body has everything. Life is a cycle. There is no way you can suffer forever. There is no way whatever you are going through right now, you will go through it forever. No way. It's impossible. That's what Pastor Daniel is true. There is no way. So he says that, that, that means there is one thing that is definitely certain when you are in the trial. It will pass. Now, but there is one thing that is uncertain. How would you react? So he was giving the example of if I am standing, standing my ground here, and Satan wants to move me, so he's trying me from standing here. Do you get it? And the trial is going to pass, we know that. Now, the question is, would I still be standing here when the trial passes? Or would I have moved to my And so when the trial passes, everybody says, Yeah, the other way, everything is okay. But you, you know that you have moved to ground. You have shifted. You have shifted your position. You have compromised your position. You have moved your stand. That's what he began to minister. And he now began to minister into the realm of iniquity, but balance and those kind of things. That in those realms, those things are not seen. You can shift your stand in God. And nobody will know. You just, in your mind, you just made a lesser agreement of what you are ready to do. Or how much you are ready to learn. So it was now encouraging people that look, make sure you stand. Make sure that we know, now that you know, that every trial has expiry days. Make sure that after the trial is over, you are still standing in your deposit. Amen. Because every time you do that, it means that trial will all promote you. So it means that after you, God sees that when came and you are still standing in your place, God will now move you to your next place. And that's the process of being a tri-stone. Now, after you pass through some trials and you are still standing and you pass through anything, the next thing to become precious is to bear fruit. To show God that God am all in with you. My alabaster box is for you. That's the giving, it's like a giving of your life. You are now you are now sacrificing time. You are giving yourself money, time. You get me? You are now bearing it. That this is my life. What when you do such things, what you have proven to God is that this is, I'm not moving from here. This is my place. 
Amen. And immediately, you know, God, the Bible now finally, all the difficulty of entering the kingdom, Jesus now concluded with this. Actually, it is the Father's good pleasure <laughs> to give us the kingdom. It means he's eager to see the fruit. The moment you can bear that fruit, I say that same day, it won't take two days. That same day, you have entered the kingdom. What did I say? Okay, maybe for Jesus, Jesus was three days. <laughs> but you know, past much. Even three days later, Jesus was gone. Every, the only begotten son. Everything in terms of inheritance and reward, he got it. It means that your obedience, that your obedience, that your obedience is the last. After Jesus went to the cross, excuse me, does he have to even come to any cross again? In fact, what did God tell him after he went to the cross and finished his last obedience? He said, sit down on my right hand till I make your enemies. Now, it's not you that will fight you. Why was on earth? <laughs> he was getting a similar route. Pharisees will shoot him one. The next day, Sadducees will shoot him on that cross. The next day, Peter <laughs> will give him one back cross. He gets him one. <laughs> Then the last day, Judas, <laughs> he was receiving bamboos everywhere, blows and beatings everywhere. But when you finish your last obedience, no, Satan will not near you. Satan will not smell you anymore. You'll be under your feet. It is God, and He will bring Him under your feet. So, no matter what I really think about it, the joy set forth ahead of me. No matter the difficult obedience it is, no matter the thing it is, no matter what it is, I am ready to do it because I know it's, that's the end of my labor. After that last one, you have come into your rest, which is everlasting and eternal life. I want to bless someone in the house today. I'll begin to round up soon. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. So, you see, in Hebrews chapter 5, they say, But strongly belonging to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to do what? To discern both good and evil. It means that all this knowledge, word of righteousness, is to make you see, have sense, to see the good that God wants. Amen. To see the what? The good that God wants. And you have to do it. Right? But the Bible says, For he loved righteousness and hated iniquity. Therefore God, even thy God, anointed thee, this is the last one, with the oil of gladness, above. and love is a doing. What is love? If you love me, obey my commandment. It means all the righteousness you are accumulating is to gain sense for what is the commandment. What is your portion? What is it I should become or I should be? Amen? To do what? To show the love or the seal. Let me call it the icing of the cake of the Lord. Am I communicating? The icing of the cake of the Lord that will make God pour oil of gladness, which is eternal life, into you. I was teaching this at the GP with some pieces with the grandparent for about what eternal life is. The, 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 that flame of God. 
the spirit of prophecy move on to Holy Ghost, move on to abundance. But won't. There's not enough time for that. Yeah. Amen. But what God will reward you with for your obedience, amen, is that He will reward you with what? Oil of gladness that will run over. That's for what we call eternal life. The life is you have too much life that is busting over. Just check God out. On that throne, before you even hear the throne, you're already smelling the grace that is busting out of you. Too much life. Praise the name of the Lord. I want you one more scripture just to prove this to you. That when you've made peace, Satan shall be bruised under your feet. Your last enemy shall be dealt with when you have made what? When you have made peace. When you have become wise. Romans chapter 16. Isaiah 28. 
of peace is going to begin to come. Righteousness and peace. I told you last week that I sense in the spirit open heavens are coming. And when I mean open heavens, the Father is God's reign, God's reign. The Bible says that it shall send forth both the early and the latter reign in the first ones. That reign is coming. It's going to begin to come upon us. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. As I tell you, there again where it says from verse 16 therefore toss here the Lord God behold I lay in Zion for a foundation a stone a tried stone those are both Christ a precious cornerstone is a perfect Christ, meaning that stands to what? Judgment. Meaning, reign of fatherhood. Amen? In the precious cornerstone, they are stands to what? The reign of what? Fatherhood. In the reign of Jasper, as we say, in preciousness, the color of Jasper. As to it means you will grow and grow and grow until you start bearing fruit, precious fruit of the earth. Are we saying that very clearly? So it's our desire for a foundation is stone. You are learning Christ, you are loving Christ. But that Christ will be tried. And in that trial, in that trial of that stone, this is where they will say, For a righteous man falleth seven times. How many times is he supposed to get back up? All seven. But sometimes, you know, sometimes we are slow in the getting back up. Some people, it will take them six months to get back up from that first fall. Some people will take them one week. You get it. But as long as you are a righteous man, meaning you are a man who is hearing revelation, that's a righteous man. God knows that you get back up. But I want, to, I want us to hasten our feet in our rising back up. I want us to end the slowness, the sluggishness of it. That whenever we fall, whenever we have those trials that cause us to fall, that cause us to mess with God, that cause us to slow down, I want us to hasten back our rising up. I want us to be quicker in the spirit. That's what I'm saying today. I want us to be quicker in the spirit, in our rising back up. And what that simply means is that you're being what you're hearing. Be receiving the instructions in what you're hearing. And be quicker in bearing the fruit of Father, we thank you this morning. Thank you for the admonition this morning that's going to make us more precious. We know now what we ought to do to bear fruit and to be precious. You will continue to bless us with your word, your knowledge. You will continue to instruct us and show us our place, our portion. You will give us our portion. Father, we give you praise. Thank you for righteousness. Thank you for Christ. Thank you for the Father. How he has loved us. We give you all the glory. For in Jesus' mighty name. 
You are free.